Welcome to the Crypto for Planners podcast, the most interesting CFP in the financial planning space. I am joined today by Duke Kim of The Giving Block. And uh, Duke and I uh, actually both live in Tampa, Florida. So if you're wondering where the true epicenter of the crypto universe is, it's actually Tampa. Um, but Duke, we're so excited to have you and uh, so excited to learn a little bit more about the giving block and specifically the, the options that advisors have to help their clients achieve their philanthropic goals. So Duke, welcome. Thank you so much. Uh, very, thank you so much for having me, Justin. I really appreciate it. And, and great to physically meet you uh, last week, I guess, through through all of COVID, haven't uh, gotten a chance to shake a lot of hands. And so any, any chance I get to uh, meet, meet people again is always uh, very welcome. <laughs> Uh, so, so as you mentioned, I, I work with the Giving Block, uh, just by way of background on the organization, uh, as, as well a quick rundown on my uh, unillustrious career. Uh, the Giving Block was, was founded in 2018, uh, really with the, the core mission to enable nonprofit organizations to securely and compliantly accept cryptocurrency donations. Uh, by the numbers, we are, again, about four years old, uh, supporting about 2,000 nonprofits globally and have processed a little over $100 million in, in crypto donations uh, in those four short years. Um, I'll save kind of what we're doing now is particularly uh, around supporting advisors as well as their uh, clients. But by way of background, uh, I'm a, a Wall Street guy, an ex, uh, what we would call a Bloomberg guy as well. Spent most of my career trading corporate bonds and derivatives uh, at, at banks like Bank of America as well as Nomura. Uh, did some regulatory and operations consulting uh, for a number of years. Went to Bloomberg to be, uh, you know, a territory manager over there, and then jumped into crypto uh, on a personal level in 2017, and then went professional in, in 2018, and really haven't looked back. Uh, my wife and I are both, um, you know, tradfi refugees, so you can imagine how how fun our, our pillow talk used to be. Um, but you know, our our PA our allocations are really not, uh, pretty much all crypto at this point. So. Uh, for, for better or for worse, I'm, I'm in this, um, you know, I think when, when Justin and I met, um, you know, I think uh, one thing you appreciated was, you know, that I'm not some screaming head YouTube influencer talking about, you know, buy this and get rich quick. It's really about building uh, institutional pipes and plumbing for, for crypto in the ecosystem. Uh, and, and one part that, you know, I've learned over the last uh, about a year now is, is that charitable giving is, is certainly a part of the, the overall picture and, and a very crucial part to growing the space, given the amount of wealth that it has created for um, you know earlier investors and adopters. Yeah, I think it's 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 really fascinating and, and it's in, very exciting what uh, the Giving Block is is enabling and building out that uh, that infrastructure for um, this part of you know digital finance to also um, you know do the, it's in similar fashion what traditional uh, finance can do. So that's I think actually a good jumping off point. You know so. Um, do give us a little bit of the background of sort of the rise of these philanthropic services, um, you know, inside the digital asset space. So I mean, we're not talking that long ago that this didn't even exist. Like it was at 
height zero, so to speak, um, in terms of what you were able to do. And it's, it felt like if you had a client who, you know, was maybe early to Bitcoin or Ethereum or something, they, they just didn't have any options at all. And they had to go backwards into the traditional, um, you know, sort of pipelines to, to, uh, you know, sort of meet their charitable objectives. So maybe give us a little bit of a background of kind of where things have been and, and where they are right now and maybe where you see them going. Sure. Um, all, all great. And I'll try to unpack that as, as best I can without dropping too many um, bullet points here. So, you know, so at the top of it, right, um, is that in, in 2017, there was an anonymous, I think, person, maybe a small group of people that created what was called the Pineapple Fund. They donated uh, back then a significant chunk of uh, Bitcoin to about 60 different nonprofit organizations. Uh, the thinking there was not about uh, tax incentives or, or, you know, kind of um, tax maximization or minimization of a liability perspective, but really about, you know, this new technology has has given me a tremendous amount of wealth. I want to turn around and support a bunch of nonprofits. And and that was actually the genesis for uh, our, our two co-founders at the Giving Block then launching in 2018 was how do we um, operationalize the giving of cryptocurrency to support nonprofit organizations? Uh, thankfully, in the U.S., given the way that crypto is taxed as an intangible property, uh, it does carry a significant tax advantage for, for donors. So what we did was, was taking that uh, piece of knowledge in mind, saying, well, if, if an uh, individual, if a, an uh, investor or entrepreneur has uh, you know, held crypto assets for 12 months in a day, right? they, they kind of fall into that uh, long-term capital gains bucket, if we enable the infrastructure, created the infrastructure for a nonprofit to accept that cryptocurrency donation, the donor can then make a tax advantaged contribution with that appreciated crypto asset. The nonprofit, given um, their tax exempt status, can go ahead and, and sell or dispose of that asset uh, without any capital gains events. And so that's exactly what we've done and what we continue to do for our nonprofit clients. Um, so, you know, despite the ecosystem of the space still being a teenager, um, one really powerful thing that's um, done very well for us is that the IRS, again, has created a, a, a very strong tax incentive um, on top of the asset that has outperformed really all other asset classes over the last you know, 10 or 15 years. Right. So despite, you know, and we'll, I'm sure we'll talk about this later on, um, you know, through the pod about price volatility around crypto assets, you know, for for most investors. Uh, with the right time horizon, they're still massively up and they still have uh, significant capital gains events and liability uh, to manage around. So, so again, couldn't have planned it better, you know, to have this uh, this donor asset, which is highly appreciated over, you know, multi-year time span, uh, nonprofits having access to uh, a new donation uh, vehicle or donation asset that they can uh, receive through our products and, and support uh, with, with minimal operational headache. Um, you know, it's, it's really uh, kind of what we would say kind of the, the best thing or, or the best case for, for all parties, right? So again, the donors have a huge tax advantage. Nonprofits have a brand new, um, you know, thing to, to fundraise and to speak to. And the biggest thing of all is that the, uh, the donor demographic, uh, unfortunately, they're, you know, the, these, the typical donor um, significantly uh, younger than myself, maybe not as, as young as Justin, but, but certainly uh, younger than me. Um, and, and these donors... Because, and I kind of paint a, a little bit of a, a tiny violin picture here, you know, I think a lot of the, the early uh, crypto adopters may not have grown up necessarily with their families tied to a specific nonprofit or a cause or a charity. Uh, so, so nonprofits that are looking to really age down and tap into a new donor demographic that's going to be around and be very sticky 
um, working with us, speaking the language of crypto uh, makes, makes a ton of sense. So again, the nonprofits have an immediate asset that they can uh, fundraise and, and accept, tap into a new, new donor demographic. Um, and again, the donors get this huge tax advantage and get connected with nonprofits uh, that they really want to support and ideally for a very long time period. So uh, yeah, really it's a, a triple win across the board. Can't, can't speak highly enough of it. And you, you, you definitely, definitely stole all of my, uh, you know, pre-meeting notes because yeah, like you, you touched on so many really powerful things that I think, you know, is helpful for the advisor community to understand, um, you know, and the, the two that, that pop out to me as you're talking is, um, you know, there really is a, um, there's a unique overlap of the, the sort of the crypto early crypto investor who has amassed some, some, you know, form of a digital asset wealth and this demographic that is um, like you said, they, they, they actually, they're, they're almost like free agents when it comes to, you know, having giving strategies and things. And at the same time, they're also as a, you know, if, if we're going to say they're a little bit younger and, and yes, you can even see my gray hair through um, you know, through a podcast, totally seeing this this demographic that that wants to give they want to be socially active they they want to participate in you know things that matter most to them um so that that's sort of the first thing is that there is this unique overlap of of those kind of forces coming together and that benefits both nonprofits but it also benefits advisors and um maybe share a little bit about what you know you think of or, or maybe let's let before we get into the actual client demographics and those conversations, maybe let's back up a little bit further since this is for advisors. And what what are the current options advisors um, can have for their practice if they sure. wanted to somehow um, unleash some tools for uh, you know their 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 clients to to use different uh, digital asset you know options to to forgiving. Sure, sure. No, that, that's great, Justin. So, so going back to it, right? So the donor demographic, uh, the typical user of the giving block from the, the donor side does tend to, you know, skew young, right? When we do our, our kind of generic, um, well, not generic, but our, our classic uh, webinars and, and seminars with nonprofits and, and foundations and, and, and boards, uh, really pointing to the fact that, you know, the typical, you know, crypto investor, right, sub 30 has an income uh, north of $100,000 per year, uh, and then, you know, from donating crypto, it's a much more um, charitable asset than, than cash-based or fiat-based uh, donors. And so that's all very popular. Um, from, you know, from a, a toolkit for the advisors, then it's really obviously being able to, to say the B word, being able to talk uh, knowledgeably, knowledgeably about crypto. Um, you know, prior to hitting record, Justin and I were talking about some of my uh, prior uh, employers. I was over at uh, Celsius, which is a lending platform, and you know, as part of the team that took that from uh, 800 million to about 25 billion at the at the high water in, in uh, 2021. Uh, a really fun anecdote I like to pull out is getting um, introduced to a number of uh, you know wealth advisors, uh, wealth managers that are connected to large banks, uh, both you know throughout North America, and then being emailed uh, privately from you know an individual's uh, Gmail account saying, "Look, I can't." I, I, need, I need to learn more about yield and DeFi and, and Celsius and lending. Uh, but what you can't do is actually email any of that to my, my work address because <laughs> right. throughout the word crypto and in Bitcoin and I'll get in trouble. Um, and I've had a number of, of that type of conversation uh, with advisors that were, were honestly handcuffed and, and they just couldn't yeah. do enough uh, for their clients. But they knew if they really wanted to serve 
you know, their, their client's best interest, they still needed to learn and be able to talk to uh, the space. So always happy to have, um, you know, open conversations, uh, teach about this. But more specifically, in terms of the tools around, uh, we'll call it wealth management, uh, even legacy and estate planning, uh, crypto has, again, taken a lot of pages from the traditional, uh, the TradFi playbooks. So we work with partners such as REN, which is a donor advised fund administrator, uh, and, a, and a handful of other uh, platforms like REN, so that um, investors with significant amounts of crypto that would like to make you know, sustainable contributions to create a, a donor advised fund or a DAF can do so. Uh, they can do so with REN, a handful of other partners. If, you, you know, if, you're, uh, if your clients uh, are already committed to, to one DAF administrator, uh, reach out to us, you know, happy to have that conversation, but there's lots of different ways to, uh, to do DAF to DAF transfers, et, et cetera. So we have been um, supporting for uh, investors to create that DAF, right? That's funded with crypto. Um, when historically what's happened uh, or the solution that we've had to offer is that um, investors can come in, create a DAF, contribute cryptocurrencies, you know, about 80 of them are supported uh, pretty natively through our platform. Uh, and then that the, the US dollar proceeds are then put into a pooled um, and pooled funds for, for accumulation and, and growth over you know, X years of, of life of that uh, donor advised fund. What we announced just a few months ago at Consensus 2022 in Austin was actually um, what we call a crypto SMA product, which is a donor advised fund now that's uh, managed, uh, actively managed by a, an RIA um, and that 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 uh, SMA product can now actually uh, stay long exposure to to Bitcoin and Ethereum specifically. So this vehicle then allows investors to come in to to buy crypto with dollar proceeds or swap other crypto for uh, Bitcoin and ETH, and then maintain a portfolio that is um, mostly Bitcoin and ETH denominated. Again, uh, working with the IRA to um, you know uh, grant out or, or execute and sell positions down and rebalance as necessary. And then again, donate proceeds and grant out uh, through the lifetime of that vehicle. Yeah, and I think that's that is a really exciting development um, you know, for an advisor to have that kind of flexibility um, when it comes to helping a client you know, develop a more active um, you know, giving strategy. And so um, I remember my, my very first client, you know, and by the way, you know, most, most advisors, you know, if you're sort of like the average advisor, you know, the, the, the extent of your estate planning knowledge is probably when you were studying, you know, for what's the difference between a crat and a crut for your CFP exam. And then, you know, pretty much it's, it's kind of goes to the back burner, you know, of, of your, uh, you know, your, your, your book of business, you know, the conversations you have every day, it's just, there's just not as many people that have these, um, you know, sort of philanthropic goals and mindsets. And then all of a sudden you, you, you meet someone. And I, I remember, you know, this was, I guess, Schwab's donor advised fund and fidelity, you know, they, they rolled these things out and it just seemed like really powerful tools to, um, you know, help them with, you know, some, some, you know, giving goals, help them, you know, sort of with some tax planning. And it, it just, it was all sort of like, you know, connected and, and, and flowed together. And I think the, the really exciting thing about what you guys are doing is, is again, you're, you're building out the same infrastructure for advisors to have, you know, advisors are always looking for, for buy-in from clients. And, and I found with, you know, my, my one experience, she was a, an educator. Um, her husband had passed away. There was a significant estate and she was so passionate about, you know, these education causes and, and um, you know, supporting early childhood education. And it was just, it was the thing that bonded my relationship with this client. It wasn't, 
you know, it wasn't retirement conversations. It wasn't around, you know, goals-based planning. It was around this. And, you know, she was a client for life because we were able to show her how she could do this. And so, um, I'm, again, I'm sorry for the, the rant, but I think that's the exciting thing is that you have that now with, with digital assets. You have that ca same capability and flexibility for an advisor to offer some, some very, you know, sophisticated planning strategies, but at the end of it, you're, you're connecting to the things that are core and, and deeply held passions that these, you know, these, these people can have. And those are really positive things for advisors to, to have. Of course. And actually that, that's uh, super powerful, Justin. And, you know, the, the neat thing about uh, crypto and the advisors that I've spoken to that, again, uh, are allowed to say the B word that do work <laughs> with, you know, clients that are, are natively exposed to crypto um, is that, Again, I think because of the wealth generation opportunity that's been around for the last decade, um, you know, your, your clients will will age lower, but will also accelerate some of those conversations. Uh, yeah. Case in point, working with point. Uh, a, a team out of um, out of the West Coast, you know, early uh, early investor started his, I guess, started making his bones in real estate, got into crypto a number of years ago. Um, now is you know pretty successful GP, uh, LP into a lot of projects. And young guy, you know, call it mid thirties, maybe late thirties, um, as a family. And already the conversation is I've secured enough for my family, for my family's family. And right. You know, we're at the general weight, rational wealth, uh, stage of my planning. Um, and, and again, we've, we've kind of secured the bag, right. I have enough to survive now more than, you know, more than comfortable. What else is there to do? Oh, it, it's make impact. Right. right. And the, to continue that conversation. And, and to your point, I think it, it is, um, you know, honestly, more rewarding, right? To say, well, here are the different ways you can support childhood education, uh, social justice, you know, uh, animal conservation, environmental uh, conservation, versus here's another way to squeeze, you know, 20 more basis points out of, you know, out of some sort of, um, you know, uh, low interest loans. Well, this is a really, really fascinating kind of area to, to talk about. Um, and this is why I've been so excited to be, you know, an organization like this, where it really ties uh, my apparent passion for for tax planning and strategy, but also then, you know, making real impact, right? I mean, this has, uh, you know, we always joke that, that crypto is, has changed a lot of lives or, or money can change lives, but really it means not just your own, but, you know, for, for those around you and, and your immediate community. Um, and I think that's a very powerful message um, and, and part of a, a, a planner's toolkit in, you know, making um, and, and keeping clients uh, through the long haul. Yeah, I think that's that's really well said. And you know, if you're if you're an advisor out there and, and you're you know either have made the decision to to work with you know these digitally native clients that you know they they very likely have the you know, just overwhelming majority of their assets in you know in crypto. This is something you need to really think a lot about because this is a very natural extension of you know that. The technology and, and, and oftentimes, you know, the reason why they were in it in the first place. You know, I remember my very first conversation with a with a young guy who was, um, you know, doing like basically Web3 um, uh, invoicing and factoring in Africa. And, you know, this is a Stanford grad guy. I mean, really, really sharp, really smart. And it, it was because it was this like transformational thing that he he caught. And it was it, it was just such a. a um a powerful force of freedom and financial independence. And all of those things, again, are baked into, you know, these same sort of philanthropic goals, these very deeply held passions and beliefs. And 
I just, as you're an advisor contemplating, you know, what services should you be focusing on? You know, um, it's, it's this usual, you know, roster of, you got retirement planning and you've got college planning, you've got these major life events, um, you know, that, that sort of lead the, the conversations. Um, I, I'm, you know, again, it's very early in the space. We don't really know, but I would gather that this would be something that if you're going to put another tool in your toolkit besides just simply being able to talk about crypto and to advise and, and maybe even like help construct portfolios, th this has to be right at the top of the list as um, like th this additional service offering that just makes so much sense to have and have an expertise in because let's face it, there's there's just not a lot of um, knowledge in our industry. And there's also not a lot of knowledge in the client side of what they can do. Um, so why don't you pivot it real quick to, to talking about like what, so an advisor may say, okay, you know, Duke, you're an incredible sales guy. I, I want to, you know, learn more about the, the things that giving block can help, you know, my clients with, I know we talked um, specifically about the donor advised fund, but um but let's talk a little bit about that SMA as well, about being able to maintain that sure. um, that exposure. Um, just walk walk through maybe just an example of what that would look like for a client who comes. They again, usually because it's you know they they have wealth. It was because they were early, early to Bitcoin, Ethereum, that kind of thing. Um, walk through an example of how you could help a client who has this significant wealth and is looking to do something, and they want that SMA. They want to maintain that exposure um, throughout. Sure, absolutely. No, thank you, Justin. So, so if you know, again at the at the beginning of uh, our our company in 2018, and what we've been doing uh, since then is enabling we'll call them retail donations, right? So you may have a client, a planner may have a client saying, "Look, I've just created a hundred hundred thousand dollars of tax liability." They can pop over to thegivingblock.com, uh, learn about individual charities or groups of charities makes make a tax advantage uh, contribution to to again uh, a single a single transaction to support a cause like uh, environmental conservation or animal welfare, uh, individual nonprofit charities, make those donations, uh, you know, e easy peasy. We give them a receipt so they can take that to a qualified appraiser. Um, the evolution then is this SMA product uh, that you had just mentioned, right? So this is again for donors that typically have, I'll we'll call it larger size, um, you know, either crypto or, or cash to put to work or to take a conversion from another uh, donor advised fund. And so in, uh, in, uh, partnership with our, our uh, with Ren on the platform side, right? Your, the planner client would actually open up an account uh, with Ren to create this donor advised fund. Um, again, because it's an SMA type product, the uh, investment advisor needs to be attached to the account. Um, and we'll go through the same diligence and KYC process as we onboard them to a crypto exchange, set up all the accounts, all of that good stuff. At the end of the onboarding journey, uh, we'll then, you know, figure out where uh, account funding will come from. Again, it could be a, a DAF to DAF transfer, bank-to-bank uh, -bank transfer, um, or obviously just crypto uh, received into the uh, newly created account in the donor's name or the account holder's name. Um, and then where we sit with the advisor uh, is, is the giving block, the institutional team, uh, which I, you know, am part of, right? We are the ones that will actually press the buttons, will do uh, allocations on, um, on an instruction from the advisor. Uh, one caveat um, that we, you know, we kind of landed with um, in agreement with Ren is that 15% of the portfolio does need to stay in, in cash or cash-like securities. And this is just for, for grant making, for, for operational expense paying, things of that nature. Mm -hmm. um, 
something I'm still boning up on uh, as well is just really uh, just uh, prudent name standards and investment guidelines as well. So, um, you know, we provide data for REN to kind of monitor um, uh, positions and balances, i.e. If, if Bitcoin and ETH uh, rip, you know, 100% higher from here, you know, your, your allocation will go from 85% to, uh, I don't think the math is correct, but 92 and a half percent um, in, in terms of uh, BTC and ETH exposure, you know, then then we would get a tap on the shoulder and, and say, look, we're going to actually, you know, pull back a little bit, uh, try to maintain that that 15% cash weighting, and that's done on a quarterly basis. Mm-hmm. Um, so again, it, it's really a, you know, as as much of the playbook as we can take from traditional finance. You know, the pipes and plumbing still require a little bit more pipes <laughs> than is normally required. So, you know, so we sit in the picture, we work with the advisor. Uh, we work with the donor as well, you know, to make sure that you know she is appraised of, of what's in on the account, uh, what activities are occurring, but it, it works just uh, like kind of a, a tr- um, uh, an SMA or a donor advised fund with any other traditional liquid assets and investments. And so, at the end of you know any given period, the account holder, that donor, can say, you know, I'd love to peel off ten percent of the the portfolio and make a grant out to this nonprofit or to this organization. We're we'll happy to to execute all of that, but but again, all that workflow is in coordination with the advisor uh, as well as us on the institutional uh, ops team. Yeah, that's that's fascinating. Um, you know, I, I my mind goes to just again client conversations that I I remember having, and um, one of them was a, a a doctor who was very much into like indigent care. You know, he actually he was uh, in University of Florida where I went, Go Gators, and. Um, he actually moved to Eastern Tennessee to, you know, facilitate, you know, indigenous care um, services. And he had a donor advice fund and he had a daughter who was following in his footsteps. And I, and I'm just thinking about how, you know, he very much wanted his, you know, DAF to be a, a tool to help his, you know, sort of family practice, um, you know, the art of giving and, um, you know, my, my mind goes to being able to, to do that DAF to DAF transfer is a way to engage her because she understands, you know, the future of digital assets. And so, um, you know, you, you can accomplish so many goals by connecting again with deeply held passionate values that, you know, make these people tick. But you can also connect with them in that, you know, if, if there's a, an opportunity to get the upside of an asset class that nothing like anything else we've ever seen before. And I get to now engage, you know, his 30 year old daughter like that. Th- those are just all very powerful win, win, win scenarios um, that I think advisors, again, they, they should be, be thinking about as to how these resources can help them, you know, really help. Uh, help these families uh, again accomplish the, these major charitable goals. Yeah, if I could um, just dig into that just a, a second more, Justin. When we were um, working on the the press release and the announcements for this SMA product, I was talking to um, uh, you know one of the Giving Blocks uh, partners, and and actually he's a client of ours as well on the nonprofit side. But again, you know early uh, early very successful entrepreneur. Uh, I'd mentioned this, you know, we're, that we're about to take the covers off the SMA product and. And he was actually kind of bummed out. And I asked him why. And it was because, you know, the year prior, I guess in 2021, he had launched his DAF, again, you know, early Bitcoin, early ETH um, with a, 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 you know, someone that's not using us for for the kind of uh, crypto processing capabilities. And so he had created a a $20 million DAF uh, liquidating, you know, BTC and ETH all the way down, um, you know, into kind of current prices 
uh, with now, you know, no real opportunity to, to capture that upside, right? And so yeah. did tell them, you know, well, look, once we're up and running, we can we can do this, this daft to daft process, right? So if there is a donor advised fund um, or if your clients have a donor advised fund that's, that's sitting in cash, um, you know, typical pooled uh, investment type opportunities, what they can do is, is connect that, you know, send that cash um, proceed over to, to REN, um, you know, with, with our SMA vehicles and then, you know, acquire Bitcoin and ETH here at these, you know, what I think is, you know, significantly um, lower prices. Right? Absolutely. And again, if, you're, if your time horizon is, you know, 5, 10, 15, 20 years, if you have a multifamily sort of plan in terms of, you know, my children inheriting that, that DAF or that SMA, you know, this is, this is the thing to do. And I, and I think, um, you know, not financial advice, but, you know, kind of the, the time to do it, right? Again, mm -hmm. with, with that longer time horizon, I'd much rather buy, you know, $23,000 Bitcoin than, than $70,000 Bitcoin if my goal is to make impact, you know, later Absolutely. In time. Absolutely. Yeah, no. And, and um, I think it, that, that, that example also brings up there, there's just some very unique advanced planning um, capabilities that uh, that crypto provides, um, in addition to maybe even more so than some traditional assets. Um, you know, so as advisors are, are going down this this rabbit hole and seeing the, the value and the benefit of um, being able to, to utilize, um, you know, services like giving block to, to do uh, philanthropic planning, um, maybe just just pick like maybe one one example of like some really cool advanced planning um, strategy that you can implement that either is just incredible on the tax side or like we just said, I mean, buying, if you have a 30 to 50 year window because this is a multi-generational family giving um, you know, strategy, um, maybe maybe touch on just like I said, one, one sort of advanced planning strategy that an advisor could just be like, oh, wow, that's amazing. I didn't realize that. And now I have to call Duke Kim to, you know, pick his brain about everything else. Oh yeah. Wow. That's, that's a, a big juicy softball here, Justin. So, um, so I got my, my start, you know, in crypto at a company called Luca. Um, we were originally named uh, Libra. We were a tax calculator, uh, arguably one of the first uh, to come up on the scene in 2014. Uh, all that to say is, you know, again, somehow tax has become my, my thing in the world of crypto over the last several years. And so if you really tie all the story together from a, a, a tax planning perspective or a wealth planning perspective, it, it becomes really interesting because um, as you're trading crypto and you are you know, using a tax calculator like a Luca or a Cointrack or Taxbit, et cetera, right, you're able to see um, the individual tax lots that are being relieved at the time of sale or swap, right? And, and so um, on the, the inverse of that is you can see kind of what your next tax lots are going to be at the next sale you're about to make. Uh, again, given the way that, that crypto is treated because it um, you know, isn't um, a, a capital gains event, right? So it can, um, it can be removed from cost basis, bringing up that average uh, without actually dinging you from a tax perspective. Um, you know, an advisor working with uh, a tax optimized tax calculator can actually say, well, Justin, we're, we've gotten into your, your ETH stack where you know, you're about to get to your, your 10 cent Ethereum pre-sale ETH that you picked up all those years ago. You know, this will have a huge outsized impact on, on not just, you know, your, your tax liability if you were to sell that and try to donate cash or, or buy a new car, right? But the other side is that if you were to donate those specific lots, you know, you can have the most impact in raising your, uh, your, your average cost basis for the, the remainder of your inventory. Um, so again, pretty powerful um, piece of, of tax planning knowledge there. And then you can say, well, again, instead of selling those, that specific lot of Ethereum or Bitcoin, et cetera, donate those assets, again, work with the giving block. You can donate to one charity, to um, 
aggregations of causes, all sorts of stuff, right? Uh, we provide all those tax receipts. So super powerful from that tax planning perspective. Uh, what I found, um, you know, in hundreds, if not thousands of conversations with, with crypto people, um, and just like TradFi, you know, again, as an ex sell side trader, the world's worst money management practices, you know, <laughs> on my own, right? Just, just terrible in terms of, you know, buying penny stocks, you know, wasting money, not investing, not putting into a 401k, all the most horrible habits, right? Uh, we see this as well with crypto traders. So being able to come yeah. to them with this incredibly powerful, pretty simple, you know, simple um, set of tooling here uh, is, is, is really, really attractive and, and, and keeps clients very sticky because you're painting this picture of you can make impact, right? Real impact with organizations that can really use, you know, financial support to, to do what they do. Uh, again, there's you know, any number of examples, right? Everyone jokes that the, the world is on fire and we're all doom scrolling in the middle of the night, right? Lots of things that can, that can use, you know, your, your ETH proceeds, your Bitcoin proceeds for good. Um, likewise, then to say, well, look, there's an easy way to do this. You can run through a, a tax optimizer, figure out your tax lots. Um, you'll, you'll look like a king or a queen, yeah. right? I think from a, a planner's perspective, there's, there's, there's no better conversation to have than, you know, let's, let's walk on this journey together. Let's figure out where your, your biggest liabilities are, your, your blind spots are, um, you know, and, and this is all before you get into, you know, portfolio management, other, other conversations. This is easy, you know, fundamental stuff that, that preserves wealth, um, you know, for your clients. The bigger yeah. thing that we, you know, probably don't have time to, to tap into uh, is then talking about the, the concept of, you know, dollar poor ETH rich, right? So, so donating that crypto to, to offset taxes uh, rather than selling crypto to pay taxes, generating more, you know, more uh, tax liability also leaves that donor in a better position uh, to buy more crypto, right? Because they're not yeah. using uh, fiat proceeds to pay their tax bills, right? They're using crypto to do that, saving that cash and hopefully being able to buy more, again, further increasing their cost basis. So, so it's, a, yeah. it's a very virtuous cycle here, um, you know, but, but it starts with a, a charitable aspiration. Um, so just as, as we wrap, um, Duke, just how, where can people go to, to learn more um, about the giving block and maybe connect with you? I know you, you are, um, you, you are very active on social media. Um, feel free to give out your handles and we'll, we'll provide links uh, in the show notes as well. Awesome. Yeah. Thank you, Justin. So, uh, so interested parties, you know, planners can reach out to me, uh, Duke at the uh, You can find more about our company at the just as, as the website. Uh, as, as Justin mentioned, I have somehow become uh, more active on Twitter since getting into crypto. Um, <laughs> as an old man, I was, I was very uh, hesitant to, to do so, but I've, I've certainly jumped in and enjoyed the bird site. So at the Duke Kim, uh, that's at T-H-E Duke Kim uh, is, is where you can find me. Uh, I have a, a, a girl crypto punk for, for my two daughters. That's part of my retirement plan. So you know, Justin, nice. I'll be a client with you if you can figure out how do I can make sure you know, that I lock up NFTs as part of my legacy. Um, but yeah, that, that's kind of the best way to reach out to me, uh, our organization. So again, if you are representing nonprofits, uh, donors, high net worth individuals, et cetera, always happy to have a conversation, uh, share what I've learned over the years and uh, make some new connections. That's awesome. No, thank you so much, Duke. And um, again, I think it's that this has got to be one of the, the the top of mind tools that advisors uh, consider putting in their their toolbox when it comes to helping digitally native um you know, clients. So um, that's all we have time for. I, I don't know if you can hear my kids screaming in the background, but that typically means that my, my time is up. 
Um, we really appreciate you, Duke. And uh, again, we'll, we'll provide notes um, to get in connection with uh, Giving Block and Duke. With that, this is the Crypto for Planners podcast, the most interesting CFP in the world. Stay crypto, my friends. Thank you so much, Dustin. Bye.